Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you. Well, let's open with the word of prayer. And we thank the Lord for Brian's book. We thank you for the inspiration you laid on him many years ago to convey sermons that address this issue and then give him the resources and the motivation to turn it into content and material that has blessed all of us, Lord. We pray that we're true to it, but more accurately that we're true to the word, your word behind it, and we ask you to sanctify our emotions. In Jesus' name, amen. Chapter 5, The Foundation and Priority of Truth. You know, last week we talked about how our emotions are also subject to the authority of God's word can't hide it behind a temperament or a categorization or classification or any kind of category of excuse, your ethnicity, whether you're hangry or not, and whether you're installing demonic bifold doors. (laughs) There is a quote from A.W. Pink in this chapter. Let's read it because it does encapsulate what we're going to be getting into today. The foundation of all true knowledge of God must be a clear mental apprehension of his perfections as revealed in Holy Scripture. An unknown God can neither be trusted, served, nor worshipped. In chapter 1, we discussed that emotions expressed come from your truth. Emotions are a reflection of your truth and what you value. Now we're going to put a significant bow on it today, the priority of truth in your emotions. Let's get to a point here. Let me give an example. And I can use an example from personal or within this church, I'm going to go outside the church here, how the truth about an object produces an emotion. And that same object, when the truth changes, produces a completely different emotion. Same object, different truths. My stepson, Greg, Kay's, Kay's son, just, and this could be said for any of us, too, but I remember when Greg and JD were looking for a new house. 
and they wanted 10 acres and they wanted some land. They wanted a nice house. They had two kids at that time. And like a lot of us, we look for particular things in a house and the property and it had outbuildings and it was off the beaten path and it looked good. The house itself, well, you know, Kay uh, is a former realtor and she had one take on it. It was kind of kludgy. It's a century home, wasn't it? It's an old home. It had some stuff done to it, but you know, they were like, oh, this will be great. We got land and the joy and the feelings and we were excited for them. That was a handful of years ago. Greg is telling us that uh, he's going to be remodeling the house, right? They have a third child now and the house just uh, needs to be refashioned. So he's demoing, taking out walls and finding some things out about the structure of the home and how kludgy it really is. And there's now expressed more dismay, more frustration. Same house, excitement, didn't really look into it too much. We were happy for them. Now you get to see the bones and now it is grounded in true truth, your emotions. Let's take my first marriage. A lot of feelings based on superfluous, transient, passion, falling in love. You don't like your dad, I don't like my mom, let's get married. And then living you get the truth. Different emotions. All of the truths we will be exploring are biblical truths that come straight from the passages of God's holy word. And what I'm getting at here is that the word equals truth. Truth equals the word. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. John 17. Truth is of the first importance when it comes to the gospel. And we have been born again by the truth, and now we are trying to live by the truth. Sanctification begins and is shaped by the word of truth. But thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, you became obedient from the heart to that form of teaching to which you were committed, Romans 6.17. When we become Christians, we gain a supernatural understanding of the truth. For God, who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ, 2 Corinthians 4. Our enlightened minds give us a new way of thinking. It's a new way of thinking based on a new understanding of truth. Any attempt to sanctify your emotions must be built on the firm foundation of Christian truth. Wrong thinking will lead to wrong feeling. We said that in chapter 1. We must grip and be gripped by the truth. We are not talking about truth as an abstraction. We are talking about truth as it exists in the person of God. Now, there are many truths in our faith which we may not all agree on, and are termed non-foundational. End times views, 
subjects and modes of baptism, gifts of the Spirit. These truths are important, but they are not critical to our spiritual and emotional health. And here's the point of the chapter. Some truths, however, are oxygen. And so Borgman says there are three oxygen truths upon which to build your emotional foundation. He says we cannot breathe without these. We cannot live without breathing. And so they are the character of God, the knowledge of justification as a doctrine, and your hope for future glory. Let's take a look at the oxygen truths. So Borgman then splits the chapter into the three oxygen truths that are going to establish a foundation and priority of truth which is going to ground your emotions. Once again, thinking about our opening example, the excitement when you buy the house and then when you go to remodel it, you see more truth about that house and it may lead to a completely opposite set of emotions. Oxygen truth number one, the character of God. We talked about we got to know God's character. Let's get to it being the foundation of truth. The character of God is the core. If we are not fixed on the truth of God's character, all effort in trying to obey God and sanctify the emotions will end in frustration. To understand God's character, we must know who God is. Borgman quotes, my non-negotiable premise in a book about the emotions is that we all must be good, God-centered, biblical theologians. Sproul says we're all theologians. In Jeremiah, we had this scripture earlier. Let's read it again. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. And out of Hosea, for I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt sacrifices. That phrase, knowledge of God versus burnt sacrifices, completely explains my religious upbringing. And maybe a lot of you who've had more tradition or liturgical or sacramental-based experiences of faith or religion. But when I was given the knowledge of God by God and then mentored in the knowledge of God, as we grow in the knowledge of God, our faith also grows. Psalm 910 states, And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Active obedience also grows as our knowledge of God grows. But the people who know their God shall stand firm and take action, Daniel 11.32. So a biblical understanding of God not only bolsters our faith, but it gives us emotional stability, not being tossed about. A biblical understanding of God helps us to see his goodness in trials. A high view of our God promotes God-honoring feelings 
and helps immunize us from toxic, faith-threatening emotions. So that was Oxygen Truth 1, the character of God. Oxygen Truth 2, justification. Our emotional stability is rooted in the belief that our justification is by faith alone. Borgman offers his take on the correlation between the doctrine of justification by faith alone and the attainment of emotional stability. If you've got the book, The Oxygen Truth 2 is a tremendous read. It does a really great job of linking knowledge of the doctrine of justification by faith alone to your emotional stability. The analogies he makes are really good. I've seen people do it a number of times. He does a really good job of it. I'll briefly outline it here. Justification is the great exchange. Christ's righteousness and his perfect incarnate obedience alone was ultimately exchanged for our justification. Not our righteousness, not our obedience. God took, took his sinless son and put all our transgressions, sin, filth on him, and in turn took Christ's perfect righteousness and put it over us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, familiar verse, right? He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. He punished his son as he should have punished us according to our sins. All that was condemnable in us was condemned in him so that we are forever free from condemnation. Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation. Now we are justified, redeemed, reconciled, and adopted in God's family forever. What does this have to do with the emotions? I mean, you felt that if you have any works, if you believe that any of our works have any part in your justification, then that would be the truth that our emotions reflected. And we're not just talking about religious people. There's the religion of the world. If we believe that our works had any part in our justification, we would be led by inerrant emotions, chasing after justifying works. Chasing from one good feeling to the next. In this culture, it's called virtue signaling. If you feel that your efforts are what continue to have God holding on to your hand. The anxiety that introduces in life I mean, you may think you're saved, and you may be. But that is a, a shade of an assurance of salvation issue. And it does affect what we will see in oxygen truth number three. So justification is a tremendous knowledge that you should have. Nothing gives emotional stability, authentic joy, and unshakable satisfaction like resting in the doctrine of justification by faith alone in Christ Jesus. This will give you the strength to fight off depression, frustration, and the ungodly feelings that erupt from a works righteousness theology. The doctrine of free justification is a rock of solid joys and lasting pleasures. So. We have the character of God. And number two, what, he, what he's done for us without any involvement on our behalf by us. And now 
we link justification to perseverance of the saints. Oxygen truth number three is called future glory. Our best life is not yet. If we are to walk in conformity with the emotional commands, sanctifying the emotions, then we must be infused with the truth and confidence of future glory. Romans 8, for in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. You got to know you're going to heaven. You got to know. The Christian life is full of blessings, joy, and happiness, but it is not always trouble free. As Christians, we need to maintain a future oriented faith because the promise of our internal, eternal inheritance provides emotional ballast for the child of God. Romans 8, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Constantly, every day, if it, you are faced with the emotional swings between people fearing death and those looking forward to glory. Think about the people that have no hope in their future glory, but let's say hope on science or lengthening their lives or improving their health through following the science or the religion of science. People who are works-based Christians, who understand justification is something they have a part in, so their hope of future glory is not 100%. That's two legs of the stool that are rocky for them. The emotional swings, yeah, I know when you get older, I suppose, but I guess I've been doing it more often in the last 20 years or so. I look like the Lord. I can't wait to see you. I want to be with you. I'd like, I no doubt wake up every day. My wife and I, we, we have a wonderful, you know, home and friends and a relationship with Christ and each other. But, you know, take me home, Lord. I'm confident of that. I know where I'm going. I have no, now, does it mean that I'm perfectly emotional? No. I mean, I got that bifold door thing going on. <laughs> Let's talk about the future hope of Job and Paul. Job ultimately was sustained by what he knew of future glory. What he knew of future glory preserved his present hope. In Job 19, for I know that my Redeemer lives, great song by the way, and at the last he will stand upon the earth, and after my skin has been thus destroyed, yet in my flesh I shall, I shall see God whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, my heart faints within me. He's overtaken by the, the look of, oh, it's too wonderful to behold, and I know I'm going there. Know that you're saved and know where you're going, and know that it's got nothing to do with you because you're rotten. <laughs> I know I'm rotten. And you'll have more emotional stability. Once again in Job, the confidence of the future sustained his present confidence. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. 
That's one of my favorite verses. That's Job 13, 15. What about Paul? Well, Paul knew the same truth and lived by future-oriented faith. He was locked and loaded with a confidence in the future. He knew that God had made certain promises about the future. He knew that in the end, God and his people win, and they win big. 2 Corinthians 4, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4. The promise of future glory is oxygen truth that must flow through our spiritual bloodstream or else we will have diminished capacity to value truth and keep an eternal perspective. So knowing God is necessary for progress and emotional sanctification. To lay hold of these truths, to own them, to make them a conscious part of our thinking, will help tone our spiritual and emotional muscles. To breathe these three oxygen truths, the character of God, the knowledge of our justification, and our hope for future glory, will increase our spiritual stamina and emotional vigor. When our emotions are increasingly aligned with the truth of who God is, we will find our motives and our conduct aligning with God's word. And let's just close with a little prayer. Uh, Lord, we want to thank you, dear Lord, that we know you've, you've saved us and not through anything we've done. Please forgive us for that not being the rock upon which our emotions reflect the truth that we value. Help us sanctify, sanctify our emotions through our fellowship, through our church, through our leadership, and through this material. In Jesus' name, amen. Hi there, this is Austin Hetzler, the pastor of Christ the Rock Church of Elyria, Ohio. We at Christ the Rock are humbled and grateful to be a part of your sanctification today as you listen to this sermon. But at the same time, we want to encourage you to be a member of a good local church and not to allow online sermons to replace the local church and to benefit from the life of that church and to give your spiritual gifts back to that church. Having said that, our website is www.christrockchurch.com. If you go there, you can find sermons, blogs, and other resources as well as our location and service times. You can also listen to the sermons on Bible Thumping Wingnut, Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. I, along with the membership of Christ the Rock Church, pray that this sermon will be a blessing to you.